0: My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method.
1: Michelle Cosmer is a registered dietitian and certified specialist in renal nutrition. She's based in California and helps people with chronic kidney disease preserve their kidney function and delay or prevent dialysis through a plant-based eating approach. Michelle is passionate about increasing awareness for chronic kidney disease, dispelling outdated and contradicting misinformation, and helping her clients keep their kidneys functioning longer. Welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to have you, Michelle. Thanks, Livia. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah. If you could just share with everybody where to find you on social so they can connect with you.
2: Yeah. So my Instagram handle is plantbased.kidneys, and I'm also on Facebook at plantbasedkidneys. Fantastic. And then website? My website, plantbasedkidneys.com. Fantastic.
1: All right. So let's go right into it. If you could talk about um, the journey of creating your business, and I'm more interested in also about how you chose um, kidney, and then we, we can go deeper into that conversation with the niche, but just kind of your process of starting your business.
2: Yeah. So I am actually coming up on this. I was working in dialysis and from working in dialysis, I saw pretty quickly the lack of nutrition support that people got prior to being on dialysis, people with kidney disease and from talking with patients. And I've really realized, you know, 80, 90% of these people had never spoken with a dietitian before. They had no idea that nutrition was so important in managing their disease. And we hear people over and over again saying that, you know, I wish I knew nutrition was so important. I wish I knew that I could have, delayed or prevented dialysis from even being needed in the first place, you know, it really got me thinking, okay, how can I help these people and who is helping these people? So I started looking into private practice. I had another renal dietitian mentor that was kind of helping me out. And I went the route of, okay, I just need to create a business in order to help these people. So I went the route of brick and mortar. I thought that I had to contract with insurance companies in order to see people with kidney disease and help them. So I went that route, you know, it was lots of many, many months of credentialing and contracting and trying to figure out what type of business entity to form. And so I did that and it was great. And I basically over pretty quickly, the referrals started coming in, not necessarily for kidney disease, which was, you know, unfortunate, but I started having, because I was one of the only local contracted dietitians, I got a lot, a lot of referrals, but it was a lot of bariatric surgery and GI issues or diabetes. It wasn't necessarily my niche of kidney disease. So with that, though, I was still able to cut back my hours in dialysis. I went to part-time and then I went to per diem Then I went to per diem working only every other week. And then eventually, actually just in January of this year, I completely left the dialysis world. And from that, I was super excited. I'm like, okay, I work for myself. I set my own schedule, and it was great. But I wasn't fulfilled because I wasn't working with, you know, people with, or I wasn't only working with people with kidney disease. And I actually wasn't getting a ton of referrals for that. And I was finding that majority of people that were my ideal client, and then after the fact, you know, then where I'm at now is I'm trying to go more virtual to be able to help people, not just in, you know, upland California, but, and also be able to help people with kidney disease that are not on dialysis and then only work with that population of people.
1: Okay. And we're going to get into um, some details because I feel like that was really good to hear about your story and your trajectory, but I want to know more about how you go from insurance and people finding you and you getting clients, which is great, to then you getting more of the clients that you want to serve and how you were able to kind of... So I guess now is a good time to talk a little bit about that. Um, so transitioning from, yes, being a business and making money to then getting the right type of people and how that um, came about.
2: So i well, initially I thought, okay, great. I have a website I'm on, you know, I'm listed as a provider on the national kidney foundation website. I'm on health profs. And so I'm like, Hey, it's just going to come pouring in of uh, my ideal client. And obviously that's not what happened. And so what that's looked like is really started with being part of your group coaching program, which I started mid April and it's focusing on using social media to market to my ideal client and only to my ideal client and making sure that I'm really learning and finding out what my ideal client's pain points are and then addressing those in my posts and in my stories. That way I can market to my ideal client, but then also make sales from my Yeah.
1: Fantastic. And so how has that changed or transformed? I, I, and I appreciate you sharing that. So talking about pain points, being specific on social, mm-hmm. and then what has that done? Has that translated to the right types of leads and sales? And how has that changed how you see and use social to get clients from broad clients to more specific clients?
2: It's changed drastically. I mean, the basically, I use my Instagram to create posts and content and that I hear my ideal client is actually struggling with. So I've looked into what are the Facebook groups saying? What are they commenting on Instagram? What are they Googling and asking? How do they, what language do they speak? And then it's transitioned to, I now get sales calls with people with kidney disease that want to delay or prevent the progression of the disease and Feel better and feel more energized, and I'm working now. And also, it's my offer too. You know, I'm not relying on Medicare to pay for three hours in the calendar year and waiting for a doctor referral and you know this whole back and forth thing. I'm able to offer a three month program where I have in between support and give the the customization that really is needed because kidney disease is so individualized. But I'm also able to give the support that's needed to truly help this population of people.
1: That's incredible. And so the people who are reaching out to you and finding you because your content is specific and solving their problems, their cash pay, is that correct? Correct. Oh, that's so good. I'm <laughs> so happy, happy to hear that. And I know your content has transformed. Now you're talking about phosphorus and you're doing a lot of right education, to mm-hmm. spell the myths, and that's a lot more clear. Would you, would you say that were those things you talked about before or were they things you talked about before, but not as clearly or specifically or as honed in?
2: Uh, both of those things. I started off thinking, okay, my ideal client wants recipes. They, so I, of course, you know, posted, okay, I'm going to take food pictures. I mean, the amount of time I used to take to try and make the food picture I was taking look pretty and have, you know, all the right color and lighting and all this stuff. I spent so much time doing that. And then what I learned once I actually focused on using my Instagram for marketing was that's not necessarily what my ideal client wants to see. Yes, they want some recipes, but there's a lot of misinformation that needs to be discussed. And there's, um, you know, so it's when I actually now focus on what my ideal client wants to see, it's, you know, it leads to more website clicks. It leads to more interaction and engagement, and it allows me to learn more about what they want because that's what I'm focusing on versus focusing on what
1: I thought they wanted to see. Incredible. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that story. And so are you comfortable talking about how much of an increase you've seen in revenue because of that?
2: Yeah. So, and solely, I guess I'll just talk about the private pay because I still have, you know, I'm still yeah. seeing clients through insurance and brick and mortar, but from private pay only from May compared to April, I quadrupled my private pay income. And then now in June, I mean, we're one week into June and I have uh, made 75% of what I made in May and one week in June which is just crazy. I mean, it's kind of crazy to, and that's part of the mindset and everything that we go over and learn in the group coaching program. But, you know, you think it's not possible and it's not possible. And it's like, well, it is, I just had to get started and learn and evolve and grow, which there's, I need so much more of that. I'm only, you know, a month and a half into it, but it's kind of amazing to see the transition that I already have.
1: Incredible, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's really inspiring, and I love also that your niche is disease specific. And so, because of that, you're helping people, you know, with chronic kidney and you're whatever your niche is, you're specifically you're able to attract self-pay by making content that they want to see that solves their problems. I think that's great because there are people out there with renal insufficiency and and they want help, and they've been able to find you. So that's incredibly rewarding to be able to serve them. It
2: is, and I thought that would be the biggest. Struggle with. I was so worried about starting with Instagram because, you know, if you think of the kidney disease population, majority are over 60 years old. And so I think when even we had our first discovery call together, I'm like, okay, but I don't know if I can use Instagram because these people aren't on Instagram and it's young people on Instagram. And I found that, you know, people's sisters and grandkids and moms and brothers are on Instagram of people with kidney disease. And I have a client right now that I'm working with who is 74 years old and his wife found me on Instagram through a hashtag. And so right there, when that happened, I was like, all right, I can find, you know, anyone can find me on Instagram or on Facebook and it doesn't matter their age. I mean, people are using social media these days.
1: I love that. And I think the common theme that I want to make sure I'm giving you enough credit for, Michelle, is that you're good. And when your content is good and it speaks to the person and their pain points and it solves problems that they experience, that's going to get seen. Whether it's by your neighbor, your brother, your girlfriend, your boyfriend or friend. And so the fact that you were found on a hashtag through a family member and shared it and got a client, like, that's fantastic. That's just showing that your visibility is strong. So I'm really, really happy to hear that and to be able to share that with uh, our colleagues so they can feel inspired to apply themselves on social as well. So for a little bit behind the scenes, Michelle, because I know people are going to want to know more about your story and your success. How do you approach goals in your business or life? Like what, you know, how can you kind of help us uh, get some inspiration for how you got to where you are?
2: Honestly, I'm a procrastinator. So what I have to do for myself knowing that is I have to just set like a date or set a goal and then work backwards. So I compare it to kind of with the RD exam. I knew if I just casually studied, I'd put off taking the exam and put off taking the exam. And so I basically this, you know, right when I got the verification for that, I set a date, you know, paid scheduled the exam six weeks out and then made my, my study outline, you know, based on that. And so that's what I've that's what I try and do in life and also my business. And so when I was transitioning from working in dialysis to private practice, I said, okay, this is what I currently make. This is what I want to make in order for me to go part-time from full-time. I need to see this many clients per week. And then, you know, once I know that, then I go, okay, how can I do that? What do I need to do to then bring that amount of clients in so I can reach my goals and then, you know, work for myself and, and that sort of thing. So I have to work backwards Because I procrastinate.
1: Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. And I think what's important also is that you have a goal. So, the fact that you have a goal that you can work backwards for is going to help you get to where you want to go, whether you're a procrastinator or not. And it's so powerful to send us a message. So many of us forget to have clear goals or write them down or even talk about them. So, the fact that you have goals and then you can reverse engineer how to get there is setting a really good example.
2: Yeah, and I'm trying to do that now with going from brick and mortar insurance to private pay and virtual. Is okay if I make this much from each insurance company? You know, how much do I need to make in private pay in order to start terminating some of those contracts?
1: Yeah, and that that's was kind the, of where that, I'm that. that was going to be one of my questions, so you already answered it. Okay, fantastic. So then you have a strategy for how you're going to divide up the percentage of folks you see from each pay source. And then, okay, all right, great. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. And as far as goals, do you have any kind of system or do you like to use your calendar, digital, physical, or what kind of helps you stay on
2: track? I need to see things visually and all in one place. And I think about too many things at once. And so to organize all of that and what my goals and also just what my ideas are, I actually use, I've been using the spare bedroom in my house as an office. And especially because I've been, I was working at home, you know, from mid-March to June, because of COVID, I was doing even insurance via telehealth. And so I have a mirrored glass closet door. And I basically turn that into a giant whiteboard post-it. I've sent you a picture of it. So I have up there my three main pain points that I wrote and, you know, marker. And then I have post-its and something that falls into one of those pain points, then I put it up there. And then I, as I'm trying to create content, I look back at that I have a part. So when I'm in a discovery call and someone says to me, oh, my doctor said, just eat less meat. I write that down on my post-it and I put it up there so I can come back to that and address things in the actual language that my clients are speaking in.
1: I absolutely love this, Michelle. This is so helpful for the listeners. Would you be able to, and I remember you snapped that shot. Would you be able to take another picture so I can share it in my stories? What do I have permission to do that? Like that's really inspiring. A lot of my clients, myself included, like to have those big visuals. I think that's really cool. So you're both able to put kind of like marketing information and just, you know, strategy and goals and have that all. So you can see that at a glance. Um, And even for those of you listening who might not have a lot of space, you can find a wall or a she- section, or you can even just get a big notepad and, and do this if you don't have the ability to do it in, um, in your, uh, wherever you're living. Fantastic. Okay. And then as far as getting clear on your niche, is there any kind of tips or advice that you have for the listeners or any reflection you want to share about how you've been able to hone in? Because it sounds like you were pretty clear from the beginning and yeah, you had to tighten it up, but you knew you were doing dialysis or you know, kidney and, and um, preventing dialysis from the beginning. Since even before I became a dietitian, I mean, my elective rotation was in
2: dialysis and from that, I mean, before that I was interested because my grandpa has kidney disease, but then from that rotation, I was like, okay, I want to go into dialysis. I know you talk about clinical work and the only reason I did exactly one year of clinical work was because CMS requires it to work in dialysis which I obviously at that time didn't even know private practice for people with kidney disease, not on dialysis was an option. So that's kind of how I've, I've niched down a little bit more, but I guess just on advice on that is think about what you're truly passionate about and what is going to fulfill you. Because again, I kind of went through those motions of, I initially thought I started my private practice with the intention of helping people with kidney disease, had some struggles with getting more referrals for people without kidney disease and then not being fulfilled until you're actually working with your ideal client. And so I think just really thinking about that is what are you passionate about and why? And then then you can create, have fun creating content and helping those people. And, it, you know, again, they always say like, it doesn't feel like work, but it's actually like it allows you to be better at your niche as opposed to, you know, jack of all trades and then, you know, helping every disease state. It's just, it's so much more fulfilling to be able to niche down. And it also helps you stay on track and focus and you can help people better when you're focusing on your niche.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Great, great words of advice. Thank you. And when it comes to your offer, what would you say has been um, the biggest challenge, if any, uh, when it comes to, or what has been more surprising than you had expected um, to help serve your clients?
2: I think for me, it's been figuring out how much of that in-between support to offer. You know, I transitioned from selling bundles to a six-week program with the in-between support, and now I have a three-month program. So what's been a challenge is kind of how much support and it's been helpful being able to go back to the group and um, having you and the moderators and the other members of the group give feedback because it's kind of hard to decide how much support do I give and how much time is it actually going to take me to do this research for what people are asking. So I think it's been easier than I thought to actually decide on, okay, this is my offer. This is all I'm going to offer now. I'm not going to have four different things. Um, I was struggling with that in the beginning, but throughout the program, That's been surprisingly easy for me to just be like, nope, this is my offer. This is what I'm doing. But that in between support and how much of it to offer is what my biggest struggle has been.
1: Yeah. So as a recap, consolidating the offers has been easier, but taking that one offer and setting boundaries has Mm -hmm. been challenging. So what has been the challenging part, Michelle? Has it been setting the boundaries or enforcing them or both as far as, because between communication support For my advanced practitioners, is a very common difficult thing. So I'm glad we're talking about this.
2: I think it's enforcing the boundaries. I mean, I'm still evaluating because it's all pretty new to me. I'm still like, I'll offer something, and I'm working with a client on it, and then I ask for their feedback, and so getting that feedback and then turning it, you know, into what it is. But I think it's enforcing it because if you, I mean, I was offering in between support when I was selling a bundle, but then they'd email me and ask me questions. And that's why I was like, okay, need to have a more efficient route for them to ask me questions in between sessions. And then now I'm kind of trying to track how much research I have to do on the side and how long it's actually taking me so then I can even price it based on that. Cause if I have the time to offer more in between support, then great, but I need to make sure that I'm also then charging for that and
1: not then providing that service for free. Absolutely. So standardizing your service and getting it and just learning, learning from the growth mm-hmm. and, and that really thinking in two ways, how can you manage your time and price accordingly? And how can you obviously give the best that you can to your clients to help them get the results that they need? And so I'm really glad to, to know you're walk. you're thinking through it and you're thinking strategically and that's part of growth. So that's great. That's yeah. a great reflection. All right. So just a, a couple more questions that I have We've already talked about Instagram and how anything else you want to wrap up as far as what's been some of the biggest struggles, because you were pretty clear at the beginning that it was a matter of being more clear with your ideal client's biggest pain points. Has there been anything else you want to share with us as far as how you use Instagram to attract clients or any kind of fun stories with that? You know, this always comes
2: up as probably one of my biggest struggles and it still is, but I'm working towards is that, you know, showing your face and actually, showing people that you are more than the content that you create and that you show them the person who creates it and being able to accept that it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to look perfect and you don't have to be in your office with your blazer on in order to go on and show your face that people you know your ideal client wants to know about you and they want to know why why this is your niche and I think that's different for I was worried a little bit at first that because I don't have kidney disease, you know how do I relate to these people? and it's it's not something that has been an issue at all. But as i I practice with showing my face more and talking in stories and asking questions, that's how I'm able to evolve and learn more about what to even pose from showing your face and talking in your stories and asking them questions they get to know you as a person versus just you as a content creator for Instagram. Yeah,
1: that's fantastic. And I do see you in your videos, you're talking on your stories and you are showing up. So even if you're saying it's difficult, I see you doing it. And I appreciate that. And yeah, I really- I've been working, that's been a goal is to do that more and be more consistent with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also appreciate the reflection of you saying that you might not have kidney issues and but you still find a way to relate with them You solve their problems talk about misinformation and at the end of the day that's what matters is that you're able to solve their problem and you can relate in multiple different ways without exactly having uh, the same issues that they have when it comes to instagram we talked about showing your face we talked about creating content around their pain points we talked about the fact that you have sales calls learn what people want and need and you're able to translate that into your content those are all fantastic things any other insights you want to share about the process for content creation? That something that's either helps you standardize it or, or helps you get a sense, or something that you think would be motivating for the listeners? Well, I
2: track my my posts, so I track what day and time I posted, what what that visual was, what pain point it addressed. I have an Excel sheet for it, what pain point it addressed, and then I measure the insights. So I'll look at website clicks and how many people are sharing or saving or commenting and having engaging conversations about something that I posted. And then from that, I kind of analyze what posts have been performing the best and then how can I recreate that so that, you know, whether it's this just the same type of post, but with different information, if that, you know, delivery method or a way of explaining it in that type of post is what, you know, got better reach, then I'll try and create more posts like that. It's fantastic
1: really, really smart. So you're not reinventing the wheel. You're recreating your top performing posts. I highly recommend that teach that. And I love that you're doing that. And it shows like your content is it's solving problems and it's clear and specific and consistent. I think that's fantastic.
2: Yep. One thing I would say on that, that I do recommend that this took me some time to learn is that I always feel like I had to put all the information in one post. And it would take me so long to create a post because I'm like, okay, if I'm going to talk about leafy greens and their potassium content, I need to talk about as many leafy greens as I can fit onto the post versus just talk about one, give that information. And instead of having one post that took a long time with six different things on it, have six different posts and simplify it more. And you know, then you, you have created more posts, but it's also just easier for that, your ideal client to digest.
1: Love that. Love that. And not to mention easier for you. (laughs) It's good for both people. Wonderful. And uh, when it comes to your colleagues, whether they're in your niche or not, what advice do you have for them if they're starting out or they're inspired by you, but they still feel, which is what I hear all the time, they're not sure if they can do it. They don't know what's possible.
2: I would say to just start. Just get started. I thought oh, like so long about. I mean, I owned the name plant-based kidneys for my the domain name for probably a year before I even did anything with it. And so it's really that just get started because even if you think we oftentimes think, okay, I need to have all these resources and I need to have my offer perfect and I need to have, you know, all these recipes created and pictures taken and, and you might be doing that. And that's not even what your ideal client really wants to see. So my advice would be just get started, start posting, be consistent. That's been the biggest help for me is being consistent and posting, you know, five, six days a week versus, you know, two days here and one day here and three days here. So being consistent and then learning and evolving based on that, because we will learn the most from the feedback we get from our ideal client, not the, what we are telling ourselves in our head, our ideal client wants to see in here.
1: I love that. That might be going on a post on Instagram. That was super <laughs> helpful. Thank you so much, Michelle. Is there anything else you want to leave us with today as we wrap up here? And this has been just a great interview. So I'm, I'm just so pleased to have, have you on and tell your story.
2: My recommendation would be, and especially I was saying for people with dietitians that want to work with people with kidney disease, not on dialysis, and really in any niche, if you think that there's too many or not enough people doing it, there's always, there's plenty of people that need our support and our help. And we all provide a slightly different approach. And the more people and different types of people that we have providing you know, our ideal client with resources and a dietitian to go to, then, you know, we all work better together. It's not, you know, I don't know, I guess competition is not something that even comes up because there's plenty of people out there, whether it's kidney disease or diabetes or GI issues, there's plenty of people that need help and support.
1: What an amazing way to end the episode collaboration over competition. There's enough space and we all have you know nuances within how we practice and there's, there's space for all of us. Thank you, Michelle. It was an absolute pleasure and um, can't wait to continue to support and follow your growth. Thanks, Libby. Thanks for having me.
0: If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.